Welcome, welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Every Wednesday evening from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. We are on once a week to kind of uh, talk about small business stuff and redefine small business stuff. Is anything going on with a small company? We find there's 25 people on down to one, and it could be in any industry. What we do is collect our our active client discussions and encounters during the week and talk about them in one form or another on our program here on Wednesday evenings. So I'm here with my esteemed partner in business, a long time, actually over 15 years, partner in coaching together with a company called Maximum Value Partners. And we're here tonight to talk about something we've done and coached on many, many times. When do you know, when do you know when it's time to sell your company? And I know Adam has the answer to that. In fact, I'm going to turn it over to him and go take a nap. He's so good at that stuff. So when is it, Adam? And this is Adam Sunhalder, by the way. And good to see you tonight, bud. I think that lasagna is kicking in, huh, Jack? <laughs> I told him they should make a cot with that thing, or at least give you a pillow, right? That's good. We went to our favorite place here, uh, Dino's. Dino's 2. 3. 3? Dino's 3. What happened to Dino's 2? I have been to 1 and 2. We just go to 3. Well, Trifecta right away. Whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, That's it's good. It's really good stuff. So he's to be commended, or she, whoever owns the place. We haven't met the owner. This is no, this is a personal experience, and uh, we always had good food there. So, yes, we yes. have. All right. So, welcome to the Dirty Secret to Small Business. You can be part of the show always, every week. We give you the opportunity opportunity to do that, and we encourage you. Lots of ways to do it. Uh, easiest way is to pick up that phone and give us a call. We've got Sean sitting by here in the studio as we're waiting for your call. Four four zero. 946-9468 again 440-946-9468 you can email us radio at maximumvp.com or you can tweet at us for our company handle it's at maximumvp for Jack Mancini it's at jackmmvp and for me it's at Adam Sonhalter so lots of ways to be part of the show to either respond to things we're talking about share some of your stories or you have a different topic you want to cover questions you've got we're happy to answer all those questions in the meantime we're going to talk about what Jack mentioned which is how do I know it, that it's time to sell how do I know I'm ready and this is prompted as Jack said we've, we've taken a lot of folks through this over the years and as we've gone through the past week or so we've had several clients here who have recently been approached by people um, uh, we, we call them suitors or potential suitors, folks who are potentially interested in... Suitors. Yeah. Hmm. Is that a fancy pants word? It is. got to look up that word, suitors. Almost, almost no, gives you images. Old, that's a 40s, a 30 or 40-themed uh, uh, word. I don't know. I'm thinking more about <laughs> kind of uh, like Cinderella or kind of more that's princely right. type uh, stuff, right? That princely was around stuff 30s, 40s, wasn't it? Well, in terms of, yeah, in terms of like th that phrase, like somebody coming and being a suitor. All right, they're trying to win you over. Rather than, uh, so wouldn't wouldn't your woman call you babe or something like that today? Back, uh, you come in with a, a, a tie and a, or an ascot and a... Ascot, yes. Have a, the smoking jacket Have a business pipe. card and there's <laughs> my suitor. That's right. <laughs> so you got suitors out there. What does that look like? So I know many of you listening who are owners, and chances are if you've been in business for five or ten years, uh, chances are you've had some suitors come calling and... Uh, it could be in a lot of ways. 
one of the more popular ways is uh, via letter. People may still send letters these days. You may get an email. You may get a phone call. You may even have somebody drop in. Um, and it could be the person themselves who's looking to, to, to make the acquisition. It could be uh, they may have an intermediary. I mean, you know, a fancy pants where they have somebody kind of a go-between. Somebody's kind of scoping things out. Uh, one of our, of our clients recently had somebody call who identified themselves as a finder, Jack. A oh, finder. boy. That sounds pretty good. People so. keep looking for those advantageous words, don't they? <laughs> That's a good one. I yeah. like that one. So lots of ways that all of a sudden you, but, you know, the, 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 the point here is that somebody is <laughs> reaching out and expressing an interest and in perhaps acquiring your company. And we know it depends on the day that you receive that letter or email or phone call or the person walking in. Depends on the day, often, how you're going to react to that proposition, Jack. And some days, hey, make me an offer and it's yours. You know, I can't take it anymore. Other days, they couldn't offer you enough because you're having so much fun in the business. And there's obviously all sorts of days in between there in terms of what's kind of going on. But if you're considering it, thinking about it, how do you know? Well, some people, I'll use present present company here, some people just want to sell the company after they fix it up. If you buy a company or if you buy a troubled company and fix it up, you want to sell it probably right away. Although, now, as I hear myself talking, that's not necessarily right. If it's in pretty good shape and it doesn't need me to be around every day, why not keep it, right? Although you get into these moods, coming back to what you were saying, some days you feel one way and other days you don't. So, yeah, it. Uh, if, if the idea is to buy a company, fix it up, and sell it, that's what you do. Uh, but that isn't often the case. I don't think there are a lot of people who do that. No, the case the case that we're talking about they're they're all a little they're all a little different. So we got let me just frame real, real quick before we get into this a little bit. So one of our clients has been in business for twenty plus years, a company that 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 the that the owner started, and has recently got under the radar where, they, where they've been getting some some phone calls, some emails, people reaching out to kind of talk to them about it. One client has about seven years in had bought his first company and has bought a few more and so has been building up but uh, to the point now where after seven years has gotten on the radars too for some some folks who are some consolidators in the industry where they you know they've gotten to big enough size now where people notice them you know and the third client is actually someone who um, has worked for a company for a number of years and just in the last several years bought that company from the prior owner and now is being is being wooed, Jack. Is that what suitors do? They woo you. They woo you. They woo suitors ya. have that reputation. Right. So this this owner's being wooed as well <laughs> by, by some consolidators in the industry. So again, you have one who started it, one who who bought in several years ago, one who's bought in more recently. And okay, so your points. You're mm-hmm. you're coming at this, Jack, from some of your personal experience, where you've personally bought, fixed up, and sold five companies. So you didn't start them, but you came in and bought them. And they're short-term, two, three-year kind of things. Get them right. fixed up, and then, you know, given your style, you got kind of bored onto the next thing, right? That's going to move on to the next one. So, 
most owners, you know, we, we find usually there's more of a longer term, there's a little more emotion involved to it, or maybe it's their baby that, that, that they started, like the first client I was talking about. Right, absolutely. Or some of the, that they've been around for a while. Again, even though even the one, the, the third one I was talking about, you know, that owner has been part of that business for 20 plus years, so knows it pretty well. Um, but it, it, it's a, a question, and each of this, each of this, the situations is a little bit different because none of them need to sell. Uh, they're all relatively young. They're all under 50 years old. And but it's it's one of those things. You, you know, you start asking questions about it. It's you well, know, well, so most most haven't thought about it. I mean, they think about it. Yeah, if I get the right price, that's usually about as far as the thinking goes for the most part. And even then, they don't know what the right what the right place what the right price should be or would would really be, and that throws them into another state of confusion. So it is. When is the right time to sell? When when is that, Adam? Well, we got the, the right time to sell is when you're ready, Jack. Okay. That's what we're gonna what we're gonna give some answers to tonight. I'm not talking in circles, but I'm answering your question. With that's it. a that's an easy one. Right. That's right. So so again, so picture that and again. I'm gonna guess many of you listening have been through something like this. Maybe you're going through right now as well. That's part of what we want to kind of cover tonight. If Maybe you haven't got been, a couple offers in the drawer, not offers per se, but inquiries. Inquiries, yeah, yeah, sure. People are reaching out to you, and so if you haven't gotten them yet, chances are again here in the next couple of years, you're probably going to get some inquiries. So, the, and the questions we're going to talk about and address in tonight's show are not questions you're going to answer in five minutes. These are ones you have to ponder a little bit, maybe do a little bit of investigation. So, you brought up a couple of things. So, from a money standpoint, right? So, what's the company worth? Okay, that's an that's an interesting question. What's the company worth? You want to understand what's your number, because quite often what your number might be, and what the company is worth might be very different in terms <clears> of what those are. They all have most of our clients when we start talking about this have that embarrassed look, you know, about geez, uh, what what should my company be? What should I ask for? And that's a very valid question because <laughs> there's they they don't under they've never in the most part valued a company or come close to having serious discussions about it so they don't know the value or value of it so hold on i got an image of that when you're mentioning that jack i'm picturing one of my favorites dr evil dr evil right from the original austin powers movie okay the uh, international man of mystery i believe is what it was called and he had stolen a nuclear warhead and he somehow tapped into all the, 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 the world powers are meeting somewhere. And he's in some layer. I think he was referred to as things as his, his layers, right? That's uh, Like Glion's layers? Yeah, one of those, right? <laughs> so he has them on the, on, the, on the video screen here, right? And he does this little thing and saying, hey, if you guys don't pay me my ransom, I'm going to you know, take this you know, nuclear warhead and explode it, right? I want, and he, he puts his little, you know, he does a little pinky, puts up to his, his <laughs> mouth and his way he does it. And... I want one million dollars, right? And his his number two there is kind of <coughs> he's like, you know, a million dollars is not quite what it used to be, right? And so, and then he goes back and changes his, his ask because I, I think I want one hundred billion dollars. And he goes for a different thing, does his evil laugh, and he kind of disappears, right? Well, he wasn't sure what to ask for. Now, in Doctor Evil's case, he had Perfect been frozen point. for. 30 years and so the, the the time value of money and what things are worth 30 <laughs> years ago may be a little different but our clients often to your point don't know most people don't know what their company is worth per se but so there's that's a distinct thing between what's it worth and what do you, you know what's your number and your number coming from the standpoint of if you had to walk away 
And you got to the point where we were having this discussion at dinner, Jack, in terms of uh, one of our clients, you know, it was a, a separate client, uh, you know, going, going back in our, our history here, who was so excited, and his direct quote was, hey, I don't have to work anymore if I don't want to. That's right. Right? <clears throat> so what's that number? What's that number that you don't have to work anymore? And for, for people, it's going to be a little bit different. <clears throat> and it'll be different based on a couple things. Your lifestyle. How, you know, how are you? Are you a free-flowing kind of person? You're, you're always getting the latest fashion and clothes and different cars and lots of trips and you're spending lots of money? Or are you a pretty frugal, pretty pretty simple person in terms of stuff that's kind of going on? So just in terms of how you approach stuff, what your your lifestyle is in terms of how you kind of approach things. From a debt standpoint, debt's a big deal. So... The, the the show that's on before us here for those of you who are podcast listeners we have the, the Dave Ramsey shows on ahead of us and for any of you know anything about Dave Ramsey he's very big on getting people being debt free and they have that that debt free scream yeah it's a good scream not a, not a bad a scream good, that's right? that's kind of fun he does that in a very fun way right so most people are not debt free so if you all of a sudden become debt free if you become debt free and you're a relatively not a miser but you know you're relatively frugal or simple well, you probably don't need much in terms of, you know, your, your your daily daily living expenses. So that number might not be too big in terms of what number you need to have to be able to put away and to be able to live off of investments or, you know, savings or interest rate, right? So it's being able to understand what what, what that kind of looks like is a big deal. So um, being being aware of that is you know is very very important you have to you have to work at that it's not easy it's not easy to understand a what you're going to do if you do sell your company what will you do afterwards and b what what is your company worth that's right and and you know then you start the the horse trading is that what it is no we aren't buying horses no 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 we're buying companies and selling companies all right so so let's get in this a little bit we have to we're uh, heading to our first break here jack a lot of good questions we want to kind of get into here so we'll make sure we do that when we come back we'll talk more about how do you know when it's time and you're ready to sell so stay tuned for that i'm adam sonhalter and i'm jack mancini we got more Dirty Secrets of Small Business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, com. After all these years, after all these There's an extra bass going with Jack. Hello there. Welcome back. Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We got a little... It's not really karaoke when you go with the, with the instruments, do you, It Jack? is kind of like karaoke, isn't it? All right. So we're talking tonight about a very important topic as it relates to your business, and how do you know when you're ready, when it's time to sell the business? And so we're framing a couple situations of clients of ours that we're going through currently. We've been through this dozens, of, uh, I may even say hundreds of times, Jack, with, with clients and personally in terms of what you got to kind of wrestle with here. But we were focusing on the, towards the end of the first segment here in terms of the, the, the valuation of the company, but also um, kind of what your number is going to be. And so when we say what's your number, let me just clarify that. So the, the number would be the net number going into your bank at the end of the day. Okay. So we were talking before about debts. So if you have some debts in the company, you know, whatever you sell it for, you know, let's say, and just to use very simple numbers, if you have a, a half a million dollars in bank loans that, that you owe in terms of debts, 
and let's say you sell your company for a million dollars. Well, you aren't getting a million bucks because you got to pay half a million back to the bank, right? Well, if I take that million minus half a million, that leaves me with half a million, right? Eh, not so fast, right? That's right. Uncle Sam's going to come and take a piece too, right? And Uncle Sam will take a piece and assuming you've owned your company for, for more than a year and uh, assuming the, the, the basis is pretty small in this case, let's say it's, again, that you have a million dollars. It's a million dollars taxable coming in. Now, the beauty of it being done at capital gains rates, which are currently about 20%, but on a million bucks, that's 200,000 bucks. So that million bucks real quick goes from a million bucks down to 300,000 because I got half a million going to the, to the bank and 200,000 going to Uncle Sam. So I thought I was selling for a million bucks, and all of a sudden I wake up the next morning, and my bank account says three hundred thousand bucks, Jack. That's so many. So many clients are bewildered about profits and what converts into cash in a timely basis, and just trying to understand to Adam's point where all that money goes. Very important because you can think, hey, someone's going to offer me a million dollars for my company, but when all is said and done, debt payoffs and taxes, etc., you only have two or three hundred thousand. That's not too cool, or it is cool if you understand it. And two or three hundred thousand floats your boat, so to speak. That's right. If, if, if that's your number, God bless you. That's great, and, and, and go with it. But just understand, when you talk about what what your number is going to be, you want to be able to kind of calculate it out that way. Again, it's a it's a net after tax. You know, so after paying taxes, after paying off all your debts, it's again what's net going to you. And also, again, that assumes you don't have a partner too. And that's what we're talking about here too, Jack. Right? Again, this is assuming you have one owner. Um, you know, if you have a partner, and it depends on that, how that's broken out, you're going to be splitting the pot too, right? So it's it's key to understand what your number is going to be. And again, that's uh, uh, it takes a little bit of time to kind of go through. And you may have discussions if you have a partner in the business, if you have a partner in your, in your personal life, okay, your spouse or your significant other too. There's there's discussions that have to be that that, that should be had as part of this to kind of figure out what that's going to be. The now, if I if you know, let's assume we can get that 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 number pinned down. Hey, if I walk away net net dollars in my pocket, my bank account, Jack of X. Okay, so I kind of know here if, if I can make that happen. You can then gross that up by taxes, whatever else to figure out what 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 the number should be. But at least you have an idea. Here's what that number needs to look like. Here's that that general ballpark. Now, the, the other question we're talking about in the first segment, Jack, is well, you know, the 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 valuation or the worth of the company. So hey, you may say your number is uh, five million bucks net in my pocket, which implies a valuation that's you know let's say seven or eight million because I have some debts and I got to pay taxes in that. Okay, so is somebody going to pay you eight million bucks for your business? Hey, I want it. That's what I want. Oh, okay. Is that how you? <laughs> is that, is that as, that's as easy as it gets? That's Just tell it. them what you want and tell they'll them, give it to and you. You'll find somebody to pay it. Yep, that's it. It's that easy. So now I got Spice Girls in my head, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you want, what you really, really want, right? Uh, One of those songs? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. You know that I, song, don't you? That's it, I do. You remember that song? It's like 20 years ago probably now. But So tell <laughs> them what you want, that's it? No, it can't be. You, know, you, you can tell them that. Now, well, you got to know there, there, are, there are ways that are considered standard, basically approaches to valuing a company. And you should do that. That's not book value. That's not market value. That's, we'll call it the accounting method of valuing companies. And there's three ways, which I won't get into. But, you know, you can put a value on the company. You can do it crudely or you can do it more scientifically. And it can be costly. 
Uh, but nonetheless, that's something you should know. You should know the worth of your company by the professionals. You have a good sense of it, or at least a sense of it. So you're suggesting what, that people get evaluation? Boy, done? evaluation costs a lot of money. Understand that the methods for valuing a company, and you can do it yourself, providing you know how to read your financial statements. Mm. If you don't know how to read your financial statements, which we find many of our clients do not when we start with them, uh, we teach them. We teach them how to understand their their financial statements. It's that important. And just as a quick aside, yeah, it's not just our clients who can't read it. I mean, we don't just choose clients who can't read financials. Most owners of small companies are not. You're right. Are, are not familiar with their financials. That, that's correct. So yeah, I'm suggesting that you you uh, understand the methods for valuing a company. Not difficult to find, and come up with a rough estimate of what your company is worth. You don't need a professional and the big expense to go along with that at this point. So at least the right number, or at least the close proximity of the right number, what somebody would probably be willing to pay, is available to let swim around in your head. And that's important to do. Because now you can start to formulate something a little more realistic about, hey, if I get this number, not the number I think I deserve or demand or whatever it is, but if I get this number... I probably could move on. And that is very important, and that becomes, uh, it, it becomes just extremely strategic, if you will, for determining when is the right time to sell. So let me, let me circle back to our initial setup for this, because it came off of three clients who have all been approached by suitors coming to woo them, Jack. Right? Remember that discussion? I do. All I right. could never forget it. So as opposed to going to evaluator, and again, I'm more of a real-world deal guy. That's my background experience. That's Jack's background experience. Although we have done some valuations. But valuations are theoretical. Okay, It's a piece of paper, and it assumes a willing buyer and so has all kinds of stuff. You have somebody who's approaching you. This is a great time to engage and see what's going on. So in the case of, the, of all three clients we're talking about in, in this scenario, the folks who are approaching them are folks who are very active in their space, in terms of, of, of buying companies in their space. So they have a certain way that they, that they go about doing deals, and they've done deals. And often when you're involved in, in an industry, and if you get involved in, a, in a, any of your industry associations or you're involved in different groups, there'll often be some chatter about stuff. You, know, you, you may hear little things here and there. Hey, so-and-so, here so-and-so sold their company, Jack, and they, they did it for some crazy price. Usually it's, usually it's for some crazy price. Usually crazy good price, but sometimes it's crazy bad price. But usually it's a crazy <laughs> high price, right? Right. But to talk to these folks, okay? And so, you know, I just took part actually earlier this week in a, in a phone call with one of our clients with this potential suitor just to kind of have a different set of eyes and ears and ask some other questions about it. But they had a, a way that they, that they approached, and as part of this initial discussion, they talked about it. They said, you know, and they, they used some fancy pants terms, like they mentioned platforms versus add-ons. Oh, boy. Right? Yeah. So, you know, but it's, hey, we'll, we'll pay a multiple. Those things are annoying, aren't they? Well, I, I I understand it, but it's still annoying. It's like any it's like any a, any business. You know, a, a, every client we go into has their own language. You know, as, <laughs> as it relates to their product or service, and, they, and they'll talk in a certain language. So, business has a certain language. Deals have a certain language, right? And so, it's a matter of how do you bridge that gap and and be able to kind of talk about it. But 
in you know in the case of this phone call, they they laid out. They said, hey, for 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 companies that are that are more kind of add-ons versus the the, the platforms, we'll, you know, we pay multiples of X to Y, and for companies that are more platforms, we'll pay multiples usually around Z. Okay, and so they 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 gave a number, and and the multiple that they're talking about, this is what confused everybody. They use this term EBITDA mm. or EBITDA or you know however they however they say it, right? That's another isn't fancy that, pant. Uh, isn't that a, a, a disease? <laughs> oh, no, that's <laughs> Ebola. <laughs> that's close. Got, got a few of the same letters. That's Starts right. Starts with the E, B, ends with an A. There's a couple of things in between. But no. <laughs> that's right. But basically what, what they're looking for, <clears throat> excuse me, basically what they're looking for and what, you know, part of what Jack is talking about from the valuation standpoint, one of the, 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 the prime ways people will, will value things is, is based on cash flow, cash money. How much money is in this company that you can show the ability to generate those those cash, so the, the, those profits? And so they'll they'll usually apply a multiple to those to those profits, and the level of those multiples will range depending on the size of your business, depending on how profitable you are. So for every dollar that you bring in, how much of that dollar do you keep? If you keep five cents of that dollar versus you know, Jack's company keeps 20 cents of that for every dollar. Well, Jack's company's worth more than mine because he keeps more of the dollars coming in, right? So in a broad case, that's how people will start to look at stuff. But to me, when it comes to understanding what, what, what things are worth, that's probably the best people to talk to. They're people that are active in the industry. They're looking at deals. They're doing deals. They're doing deals in your space. So it isn't some book you're going to or some website you're going to or some database you're going to you're talking to real life people who are active in this space very very important right? Adam. yeah it's it's cheap research really and it's good stuff you learn every time you talk to somebody many times things uh that you never expected to learn and what we find is is and the, the reason i was on this phone call with our client you know he and I, you know he and i talked about this before and you know we talked about you know what to do and kind of approach it and he had a quick initial call, but then he, he said, hey, would you mind just listening in or being part of this call? You know, just having somebody else who's there who's been there before, you know, because it was new to them, you know, new to him. He, he wasn't sure what should I say, what should I not say, that kind of stuff. And people are often afraid of, oh, this is saying the wrong thing per se, but part of it, but maybe saying too much sometimes, right? So anyway, we have a couple other things on this front. We have a bunch of other questions that we want to get to, but we're up against our, against our next break here, Jack. So you guys stay tuned. we got more good stuff here to help you understand how do you know when it's time to sell your business. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we are Dirty Secrets of Small Business. That's right. we got more Dirty Secrets coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, wintradio.com. After all these tears, Oh yeah, there goes the bass, alright. Welcome back, Dirty Secrets of Small Business here. I'm your co-host, Adam Sunhalter, alongside our bass drummer, Jack Mancini. Bass drummer, that's correcto, Jack Mancini here. We're, uh, what are we, Adam? We're business coaches, among other things. We are, and we're sharing some stories here as it relates to how do you know, how do you know you're ready to sell your business? We spent the first half of the show kind of talking about some number stuff, because that's a big part of this. So understanding what your number is in terms of what you know you like to be able to walk away with and what the valuation might be. And gave some examples of ways to get those those things pinned down. I think a very important thing I want to touch on, which should be our last number, saying we'll get to some other, what I'll call some softer stuff here in a minute, Jack, but I think getting people a sense of what are they actually taking out of the company, okay? 
And what I mean by that is, what kind of benefits do they receive? This is this being the owners. So, and a quick hint here: it's more than just your salary. Okay. So your salary and and maybe your health benefits. Maybe you got a four hundred one k. Benefits. What's that uh, Ebola you were talking about before? Uh, yeah, EBITDA. Yes. EBITDA. E b i t d a. EBITDA. EBITDA. What language is that? That's uh, financial ease, Jack. Oh, financial. That's Wall Street okay. ease. That's uh, fancy it. pants words. EBITDA. 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 <laughs> Earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. That's uh, what it stands for, Jack. Wow. I wonder how many people out there understand those That's terms. a six-letter acronym, not a three-letter acronym. Mm-hmm. That's an SLA versus a TLA. Well, you know, if you understand those versus terms and how they come about, PSA. <laughs> Wait a minute. I know PSA. A public service <laughs> announcement or the PSA test for your prostate? That's... All right. So anyway, we got off, we got off on tangent sometimes. Prostate-specific okay. antigen. There you That's go. See what that stands for. for. Good. That's All right. right. All right. So get your PSA checked. This is a PSA about PSAs. If you're if you're over 50, you're a male, get it checked out. Don't wait. Public service announcement. Yes. That's right. Squeeze them in every once in a while. Public service announcement number 3425. <laughs> okay. Anyway. All right. So how much do you take out of the company? And... You know, we've seen lots of people do lots of things that they they'll, they'll take money out of the company in, in lots of ways. So, your salary, your health benefits, maybe your four hundred one k, those are all pretty simple stuff. Maybe even, you know, some distributions. Okay, but there's other things, Jack, that people do. All right? How about uh, what are those things, Adam? How about how about cell phones? <clears throat> how about how em? many? By show of hands, owner, you owners out there, you know, how many of you have have, have paid a cell phone bill in the last? Uh, Ten years and charge it on the company? No, no, you, yeah, you personally have written oh, a check for okay. for Verizon or Sprint or whoever else, right? I'm gonna guess there's not too many hands out there. Small, Chances are small business owners paying their own cell phone bill out of their own pockets. Right? No, it doesn't chan- exist. That chan- kind of chances person are, doesn't exist. Chances are it's not only your cell phone, but it's your spouse's cell phone and your kid's cell phone and perhaps your mother-in-law's cell phone. You're you know, you're kind of running a bunch of stuff through. Now, it may only be a couple hundred bucks a month, right? But it's a couple hundred bucks a month, right? So cell phones one simple example. How about uh, car payments? You know, we find, mm. Jack, that not too many owners have, uh, you know, pay gas bills when it comes to going to the gas station. That's right. Right? Or they may have car payments. Maybe the car payments are being covered by the by the uh, those are, by the business. Those or, are very important yeah. expenditures to start to identify for valuing your company. Sure. Yeah. Your, your insur- you know, everything goes with the car, insurance, all that kind of fun stuff. How about uh, some travel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, maybe you're going to some trade shows, some industry associations, some uh, group meetings, whatever it might be, and maybe you extend it for a day or two, or you go a day or two early, and perhaps you bring your significant other along, or your boyfriend or girlfriend along, or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. You bring somebody along, and you extend it, have a, have a little vacation as part of that, too, and kind of enjoy your time. So maybe you have some travel kind of going on where you have, again, some some nice benefit to that. Maybe you got some some meals, you know, whether it be going out to, to a restaurant or, you know, as you're going to do some shopping for the business and you're also <coughs> picking up a couple pounds of salmon to bring home. Or yeah, There's there, there's some stuff <laughs> in there, right? There's some there's about some, a couple of meatballs? A couple of meatballs, there you go. For example, yeah. A couple of meatballs. How about well, those are those are a lot of expenditures that do what? Well, 
If Here's, we're going to sell the company to Warren Buffett, chances are he wouldn't be using those same expenditures. Well, no, no, that's right. So part of what you want to understand, when this is this is tying into our first two numbers discussions, Jack, in terms of what's your number, in terms of what you want to get, and then also what's the company worth. Mm-hmm. And so if you aren't clear on what all the benefits coming out, so let me, uh, I'm not going to use that fancy Ebola term, Jack. I'm going to use another term of, What's known as discretionary cash flow. Wow. Discretionary. Okay. Okay. That's, discretionary. A, that's a semi-fancy it's word. It's five, five syllables. I count yep. five syllables. I, good thing I, I only need one hand for that. All right. So discretionary cash flow means just at the discretion of you as the owner, you have the ability to decide to pay for your mother-in-law's cell phone or to pay for a gas card over here or to pay for a trip over here or to... You know, use a certain credit card so you get certain points over there, right? Wherever it might be, there there are lots of ways that you adjust and you you, you direct the business in terms of how things are paid for. So, picture having that laid out. Picture just creating a little. You, know, you can take a handwritten legal. I got a legal pad here, right? I well, agree. Folks watching online, your, here we go. You take, take this nice little yellow minutes. legal pad. Yeah, start right. laying it down, and look at what you've done just over the last year. What what's ha- what happens is people are often surprised. Because you know, people are, you know, I think many of us are trained since since our very young days, Jack, to think about, you know, an hourly wage or a salary or something like that. That's what we think about in terms of compensation. But what we know is that quite often, that salary for an owner is a fraction of the total benefits that they take out of the company. Yeah, that's right. right? And so often wanna, it might be a small want... a small fraction of the total benefits that's that they right. take out of the company, right? It has a big impact on, on the company, and you want to identify those expenses. Absolutely. So it's it, it can become very difficult for folks. Again, picture, you know, you, you haven't written a, you know, you haven't sent a, or paid a bill for a cell phone in, in, ever. All of a sudden you don't own the company anymore. All of a sudden you got to... You gotta send some money to Verizon. Okay, it's it's changing your behavior. It's, it's also there, there are expenses, the expenses that you have that you didn't know you had, kind of thing, right? Because they've been kind of all mushed together to a certain extent. So, but if you have a clear a clear mind of that, you know, and you see what's in there, that's where it comes back to again knowing you know, two things in terms of what your numbers got to be. You want to be able to have that kind of a is that the kind of lifestyle you want to live going forward? But when it comes to evaluation, those things that you're doing. Those need to be added back. You know, when we talked before about talking to these guys who are looking to buy companies, those suitors, those finders, whoever they're going to be, and they're mentioning multiples, right? So if I'm going to pay three or four or five or ten times your cash flow, well, that couple hundred bucks I was mentioning for cell phones, Jack. Okay, well, that couple hundred bucks a month is, you know, a couple thousand bucks. If I add a multiple of five to it, it's all since 10,000 bucks. Okay, okay, wait. Well, I got a bunch of those couple hundred dollar a month things. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, that valuation is going to be increased by tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe even millions of dollars because of what you're running through that you're able to then say, hey, this is stuff that I've chosen to do this, but if I'm not here, whoosh, add all you the stuff back you, in there. You aren't going to, yeah, chances are you aren't going to use or or incur these expenses the same way I am. So they're going to adjust. There'll be an adjustment. Right. And it'll, it'll, as Adam is saying, be part of what's multiplied by the factor. Factor sounds like a uh, like a movie, doesn't it? Factor. New series. Da-da-da. Tonight, 10 but p.m. Whatever that factor is, <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> multiplied by a bigger number when you calculate discretionary cash flow. And so I want to come back to your Spice Girls reference, Jack. Tell them what you want, right? This is this is on you as the owner to present your case. 
mm-hmm. about what you want and why and why this all makes sense. And I mean, don't forget, Jack, to throw that salary in that you're, that you're paying your brother-in-law to stay away. That's right. right. So you have those kind of things where you, you want to put it back in there and look at it again, coming from the outside to be able to present and make your case as far as what's kind of going on. But for you know, th- those are important things to be able to do. And, and I don't want to be all numbers. We've taken you know, a good chunk of our show talking about some of the number stuff. But those are very important Jeez, things. How does that happen, Adam? How do we always drift that way? I don't know. It's business. part of the business language, Jack, right? All right. Let's talk about some of the, some of the softer, bigger picture stuff, Jack. So how about this? What will I do next? Oh, yes. That's an easy question to ask, isn't it? Sure. Hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when you retire, Adam? You're getting close to retiring. I didn't didn't say retire. No, I did. Oh. (laughs) What am I going to do next? If I sell. So I'm 50 years old. I'm selling my company. No, I said it's an easy question. It's the same same vein of what are you going to do when you retire? Hmm. Same thing. Almost same thing. Okay, I'm going to sell my company. Here's the price I want. I have science behind it or I don't. If I do, okay, that's a realistic number. You adjust all this stuff out, and here's what's going to be in your hand when when the lawyers, accountants, and the government get done taking their share. Now what are you going to do? Wow. Yeah. Not many people can answer that question. So, go on. Come back to earlier discussion. If I'm debt-free, I don't have to work again if I don't want to. Right, that's not that a good place to be. I think so. It right? is. It, it, it's, it's a very it's, good place to but be. But let me let me pay another visual for it. Let me go back. I haven't made a movie reference yet in a couple couple minutes. Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption. All right, I can't remember the guy's name for life of me, but he was the, the one older gentleman who'd been in prison for thirty five, forty years, and they finally let him go. Yeah, I know he hung himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's trying to re, you know, trying to re, you know, re insert himself back into society. He was working as a bag boy at the at the right, grocery right, store and he right. had a he raised his hand to ask for permission to go to the bathroom and crossing the street and cars were there. He just uh, he couldn't he couldn't quite adapt to the new world. That's the, right. Uh, yeah, the new world for him. So I'll I'll look him up in the in, in the in the break here but uh to get the name. But he the owners again, here they are. Debt free. Don't need to work. So here's a guy who's been in prison for 30 or 40 years. Is now you're free. You're out of prison. And it's something he's probably dreamed about for for a while, right? Here you are. There's not much to do with thing in prison, right, Jack? So you got, you got lots of free time to think about stuff. So he probably he's probably visualizing this this moment, this day, like how wonderful and fantastic it would be. And he got to it. It just he was so miserable. He wound up hanging himself. That's right? right. He couldn't adapt. He just couldn't adapt to the to the world that evolved around him while he was there in prison. So how do we prevent the owners who sell Jack from wanting to hang themselves within months of selling the company? Boy, okay. I'm not like you know. It's you not try to have them explain what they want. You, you gotta, you know, at least that's what we do because we we like to direct them to all kinds of different ways to go. And when you retire or when you cash out, and depending on your age, depending on your health, depending on your circumstances. Uh, you can go in so many directions. It's unbelievable. And it depends on you. You know, we try to pull that out when, when we're coaching clients, but it's up to you to direct that very, very important next step activity. All right. So we got to go to break. Brooks was his name, by the way, Jack. That's right. All right. Brooks. So don't be a Brooks. But think about that while we're heading to break in terms of what do you what do you want to do? What, what, you know, again, what are you going to do next? It's an important question to ask as you're thinking about how do you know it's time 
How do you know you're ready to sell your business? So stay tuned. We've got more coming your way. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, alias Brooks. All right. Stick around. we got more Dirty Secrets of Small Business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, WINTradio.com. After all these years, after all these tears. All right. We're back boom, at it. Boom, boom, boom. Wow, that's all. You're going with the real bass, not the bass drum. You're going with the bass stand-up bass. boom, boom. boom, boom. All right, that's 30 base of secrets or something. 30 know, secrets of mouth basing. Small businesses. All right. We're back talking about it. Uh, we got one segment to go here. We're talking about how do you know, how do you know it's time to sell. And we've talked about a, a couple different issues about the financial front of it. We talked big picture a little bit in the last segment, Jack, in terms of what are you going to do next. And, you know, we have to also talk about, well, not only what you're doing next, your own situation. What if you have other people involved in the company? What if you have some other family involved in the business, Jack? How do you, you know, that's, that can put a stop to everything. So many issues. So many issues that can come about. We had, uh, how many clients have we helped sell? I've been, been, been several. I'll just say several. Yeah, probably approaching a dozen right now that we've kind of gone through. Yeah. And often you end up uh, becoming the bank in some of the terms of the sale. So if things don't work out, you know, the, the contracts will read where that com- company can come back to you. Uh, there's all kinds of perils here with, with selling your perils. business. And you should start an education, a self-education process, starting with how do you determine a number that's realistic out in the marketplace. And we've given you three or four examples on how to do that. And you should be able to read financial statements enough to know how how to value your own company, at least approximately, so you aren't all over. But you aren't thinking ten million, and and the world out there wouldn't pay more than one. So you got to understand those kinds of things. And then the life's adjustments. All of a sudden, you wake up Monday morning, you don't have any bills to pay because you paid them all, and you got cash flow just by laying in bed. Uh, and you can go pretty much and do everything you want to do. Cash flow laying in bed. What are you talking about, Jack? Well, wait a minute. That's that's that, what you do after you. That's mis- what you do after you sell. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're doing. Well, you do that for a while, and that gets <laughs> kind of old fast. <laughs> so then you end up buying yeah. another company, or what? What do you do? You know, what do you do? I know what I did, and I do, and but I can't speak for <laughs> everyone else. It's all very individual. You sound very Yoda-like, Jack. You know. I know what I did, and I do, and I do, and I did. <laughs> I'm not confused yet. Well, that's good. I, yeah, keep it, talking. Maybe I got to talk faster. I got to. I got to. Got to talk faster. That's like the old FedEx guy. Those old commercials. That's right. Well, you know, one of the things we talk about is, you know, will you be able to walk away? Now, let me come back to a client from from years ago, and when we first got involved, we were helping understand what the company was worth and all this stuff. And the problem was that if they sold at that point. They'd have to hang around for a couple of years, you know, two or three years. And uh, those of you listening, try to picture that, you know, picture working for yourself for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years or, or more. And now all of a sudden you got to work for somebody else. Now you got a mean boss. Because huh? you could, because you can't walk away from the company because a big chunk of the company is you. Your knowledge, your experience, your relationships, your, you know, whatever it might be, but you're a key component to that. 
And so what we do with that client is what we do with you know really all of our coaching clients to help to get the owner out of the muckety muck day to day to where they're so in, in ensconced in the business that you know they they become part of the business and a big part of the value is them and if they aren't there the company is not able to operate or run as well and certainly not for the long term and so you know can you walk away and then if you if you can walk away or if you can be away from the company well and the question becomes well, why would you sell it that's right if it's running well without you yeah why not you why not hold on to it and and let the the key employees who are running it so well let them continue to run it or ultimately maybe sell it to them. There's all kinds of different options when that's the case. But those are good options. You know, if you have a company that's that has a reasonably good price, that's in the ballpark with you, that's a fun place to be. It really is because it, accomplish, it can accomplish um, debt freedom. That's a big, big deal for most small business owners. And give you money that uh, could sustain, quite frankly, if invested well, a lifetime of, of cash flow that's commensurate with your lifestyle. And if you're not an old geezer, and there are a lot of old geezers out there, you might want to start something totally different. Pick up a girlfriend or do whatever you're going to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> to start spending Hold money Hold on, yeah, that, the money, I'd say that, that's <laughs> a change in lifestyle. you gotta, you got to factor that in, right? No, if you if you invest it well, I mean, to your point, Jack, you, you you can lay in bed and make money. Right here, are, and you know, again, if you've got some money that you're you're invested and you're making five, eight, ten percent, you know, pretty comfortably, so you've got six figures of income coming in. And the beauty of that is it's it's based on earnings, not it's not it's not income tax for from earnings. So the the, the tax rate for there is going to be a little different. You'll keep more of that money. That's right. And so, so so that money goes a little further. So. You know, that's, you know, again, coming back to what we talked about, if, if you know what your number is and somebody comes and offers that offers you that number or more, okay, knowing that you can walk away, that you can do it, and, you know, having that freedom, having that ability to say, hey, I don't have to keep working. Because timing becomes a big deal, too. You know, as I'm going to circle back to some of our clients we were talking about here, Jack, at the beginning. You know, the, the reason that some of these industries are consolidating Sometimes it's very early on in the process. Sometimes it's, it's a little later on in the process. And there's that fear often of missing out, right? Well, hey, I could, I could hold out for another few years, Jack, and keep trying to grow and improve the operations and, and then get that multiple and apply that multiple to, to, to this number. Well, things change, right? Here we are on the 10-year anniversary, almost to the date of the financial crisis happening in 2008. So picture deals being worked on in August of 2008, Jack. And if it drags out until all of a sudden it becomes late September 2008, and here's that total meltdown. Too late. That's right. You know, same thing happened in 2001 with 9-11. Mm-hmm. You know, things change overnight, instantly, right? Okay. So part of that is, you know, what's that phrase about the bird in the hand kind of thing, right? If you have something that's there, it meets your criteria, I never understood that. A bird in the hand is worth but two in the worth bush. Worth two in the bush, right. Well, because well, you have to get the ones out of the bush, Jack, to, to get them. You have one in the hand already, right? You know, drop the one in the hand to go for the two in the bush, worth, then disappear from you? Worth two bird. One bird is worth two birds. Well, that's, a, that's a version of what it is, right? Yeah, I got I, I, I have my bird in hand. All I need was that one bird, Jack. But I see two of them over there, right? So, hey, all I need was this number to be able to walk away. <laughs> to be able to be comfortable, to be debt free, right? Again, we're talking about, right? That's right. That's well, but right. but they might offer me twice that number in a couple of years, Jack. 
So hang on. Hang on. Hang and on. then, okay, well. So, again, it comes down to your personal preference. You know, and for those of you, those of you are a little more gamblers or maybe you have a better feel for the marketplace, where things are going to be, um, it, it, it's understanding that. So that a lot of that comes to bear when it comes to, again, these are a lot of easy questions we're asking tonight. Easy to ask but hard to, to answer and, and come around. And your, your answer and your responses might change. All of a sudden, you go to the doctor tomorrow. Sorry, Jack. If you go to the doctor tomorrow and you get a terminal diagnosis, you got six months or two years to live. Okay, guess what? Your perspective is very different at that point, too. Sure is. That's right. You're looking to spend a lot of money in the next couple, couple Real years. Real quick. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You got to get the bang for the buck, so to speak. That's right. So, but these, you know, you, you think about the future. You think about, okay, we settled on a price. God, you start spending the money. You know, you start to think about, well, what if I get bored? I could go back into this business. Uh, that's probably unlikely for a while with non-disclosure or non, non-compete agreements. And, you know, you're, you're, it, it takes a lot of thought, and it's a huge, huge, as you know, huge decision. Huge. 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 All right. <laughs> so... This is again. This is a, this is a key show. We want let's try to wrap it up here. We only a couple minutes ago in the show, Jack. But this is a key thing that all owners are going to be faced with at some point. Excuse me. It's often not done when you want it. It just kind of happens. That's where these suitors, these finders, these folks come in and they'll and they'll ask you about it. So we wanted to give you a sense tonight how to kind of go about doing that. But a, a big part of it is take those phone calls, respond to those letters, respond to those emails, and do a lot of listening. And look at it, you mentioned that, that the term before, Jack. It's very inexpensive market research. And very it's very so. good market research because there's people are out there doing stuff. And, and to me, and, it's very... And for, for you, too, for you, the client, too. It's, it's not hard to put a rough value on your company. You just got to do a little research on it. But don't, yeah, don't be afraid of talking to these folks. And, again, if you're not comfortable responding to something, don't say anything. It's okay. You can say, hey, you don't feel comfortable answering that. Or, you know, I don't have the answer. Let me, let me get back to you. If you don't understand what they're saying, again, that's why we're often there with clients. We'll, we'll, we'll be there to help interpret stuff for them. To, you know, these Ebola, EBITDA, fancy pants words, and discretionary free cash flow, and all. You know, people are talking in, in, in three-letter acronyms. I don't know what the heck they're talking about, right? So you want to be able to have somebody help you uh, be able to understand some of those things w- w- about what's going, you know, what's going on, because the people that are talking to you, they aren't trying to confuse you or do anything else. They're just trying to, again, they're just what they do. Yeah, they assume you're, 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 you're part of the club. You're talking mm-hmm. the language. You know, you walk into the club. Here, you know, here it is. This is what it, this how everybody kind of talks. But it's a, it's a key thing to be, to be wrestling with and, it's, and to have some time to kind of think about it. Because yeah, these aren't quick decisions that, that happen. Sometimes your hand gets forced with, you know, again, health issues or other things that, that, that come up. But in general, it's something you want to be prepared to be able to do and start thinking about what am I going to do? How do I know it's time to get out? Because most people don't start the companies thinking about how they're going to exit the company. So it's a key thing to be thinking about. And if you have questions about it, we, we'd love to hear from you. And we're at the, the the end of our show tonight. It's, again, our fastest hour radio. It keeps getting faster every it week. It does. So. It does get faster. So we'll have some more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday. We invite you to tune in every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. If you've got mm-hmm. questions before, shoot us an email, radio at MaximumVP.com, or give us a call, 877-849-0670. Uh, if, you're, if you're looking to get a podcast, if you, if you haven't missed part of the show, you can get us on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, all that kind of fun stuff, or you can go to our website, MaximumVP.com, look for the radio tab. Hey, learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. 
Thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM and online, WINTradio.com. Still I couldn't find 